Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. All right, welcome back. It is good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. If you get a chance uh, later today, maybe when you got a little extra time or something, check out the podcast on the 3 o'clock hour. Dare I say, you guys crushed it with Terrible Joke Tuesday today. The jokes were new, they were original, they were funny. Man, I was very impressed. Uh, This just popped up in front of me on Twitter. We have hockey starting tonight at 7 o'clock. And did you say, Sam, that someone has come forward with that league or another league saying they now have to wear neck? It is not the NHL. Okay, who is it? However, the international hockey something, something, whatever they call themselves, uh, will now require neck guards. Well, that's just the first domino, isn't it? I would agree. It's the International Ice Hockey Federation, uh, and they control the Olympics and men's and women's world championships. Uh, The mandate would not apply to professional leagues, including the NHL, which currently does not have any cut-proof safety requirements for players. Any sort of mandate in the NHL would require an agreement between the league and the players' union, which have been discussing skate blade safety for years. I, mean, I can't believe the players' union would come out against that after what happened. Well, if I had to guess, it's probably the players' union that is opposed. Opposed. Yeah, they don't, the they don't, they don't want it come up. Yeah, they don't want extra gear. But I, why the least football players wear helmets? Well, I know, but have you also noticed that football players don't wear knee pads anymore? They just took them off because because they're cumbersome. They get in the yeah. way of your performance. Yeah, who needs kneecaps? Yeah, uh, the least they could do is get like a Kevlar mesh, something that wouldn't really. To protect your carotid yeah. artery. And, and here's another question. Don't laugh at me. I'm asking. I just, I don't know. Okay. What about figure skating? <laughs> Scott, those are men like that, in the that are taller than Sam that are holding those women up. She's wearing a lovely leotard. I'm just saying. Comfortable blue if and it's gray good neck for guard the, this evening for tonight's <laughs> performance. Is that bedazzled? <laughs> Brian Boitano? <laughs> I'm just saying, I think safety first. On the ice, safety first. Uh, fewer planes and helicopters will be flying tourists over Mount Rushmore and other national monuments and parks as new regulations take effect that are intended to protect the serenity of some of the most beloved natural areas in the United States. The air tours have pitted tour operators against visitors frustrated with the constant noise for decades. 
but it has come to a head as new management plans are rolled out at nearly two dozen national parks and monuments. One of the strictest yet was recently announced at Mount Rushmore and Badlands National Park, where tour flights will essentially be banned from getting within a half mile of the South Dakota sites starting in April. Going to tank those businesses. Well, but... Doesn't that sort of make sense? I would agree it makes sense. I went to the Badlands and Mount Rushmore many, many years ago, and one of the main things that I remember about it is the helicopter flying overhead. Constantly? Is it constant? I mean, I don't remember it being constant. I just remember seeing that and thinking, man, that'd be a cool way to see this monument. I feel like it's two people paying a lot of money up in the air to ruin it for like the 2,000 people below. Right. That's the point that I was about to make. If we're looking for serenity in these monuments, you need to cut back the amount of people that you're allowing to look at it at the same time because the helicopter was not what bothered me at the monument. It was the shoulder to shoulder with 2,000 people trying to get the same view. Is it really shoulder to shoulder? When I was there, there were a lot of people. When I was in the Badlands, you had to wait in line to climb up on the Badlands. There was a line in the middle of nowhere. The, the Badlands are, um, he could better explain it. It's my understanding it's a, it's a, a soft rock formations that you can climb up but, on. But, but it, it goes for forever, kind of like the Flint time. Hills in yeah. Kansas, wait, right? It goes forever, but you had to wait in line? Well, there's specific spots within the Badlands that are the cool scenic views or whatever, and you can climb up on top of these rocks and get a cool view. And yeah, I remember having to wait in line to climb up on one of these rock formation. I have a dumb question. Um, Can't be as dumb as what are the Badlands, because that's what I just asked. No, dumb, but, um, <laughs> I know. What, South Dakota? We, yeah, it's, it's in southwestern South Dakota, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So it's not near anything. So let me show let me show you where it is on the map. It is the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Not going, but okay. So It looks beautiful on, on have, Google Image. I have flirted with the idea next year of renting a car and going up there. Just to see Mount Rushmore. Is oh, it, it's awesome. Is it worth it? Uh, I would say yes. How big is it? Is it like the Mona Lisa where everyone goes in to see it and they're like, oh, that's way smaller than you think it is? Well, even from the ground, you, it's not like you're standing underneath it. You're looking at it from a distance. Oh, okay. Uh, but it is huge. Okay. Okay, because when, when we were in, in London in July, we went to go see Stonehenge. And that was a three-and-a-half-hour bus ride Oh, through uh, two-lane roads. All right, we were rarely on the highway. It was worth every second. Now it's no Stonehenge, but it's still awesome. That's one thing I would want to see because I would stand there all day and go, "How the hell did they do that on a loop?" Yeah. I would just keep saying that over and over and what, over again. That's what everybody says. It, it you can't. It's smaller than you think it looks on TV, but it, it's still big. It's big. But it's not I, – I was a little underwhelmed with its size. But when you think about how big those those stones are – they're not rocks, they're stones. How do they get them up there? How? There's there's a million different theories. Yeah, great point from the text line, Scott. When you go, make sure it's not the first or second week of August. Okay. Because it will be packed because yeah. of Sturgis. Oh, oh, okay. Wait a minute. Back to Stonehenge. If it was mm-hmm. so important and so astronomically um, – unbelievably difficult to do what they did. Mm-hmm. Did someone not think about, I don't know, maybe writing down on some tablets how they did it? Well, it was, it was built 5,000 years ago. Yeah, but we still had, like, Sanskrit back then. Right. You gotta keep, here, here's something else you have to keep in mind. What? Nobody <laughs> thought, let's chisel this recipe out on a tablet? 
They ain't going to believe this in 5,000 years. Not going to be able to read it either. <laughs> you can read hieroglyphics? Why are you laughing? I, I don't know. I'm I, not I, saying they took a pen to paper, but they couldn't leave anything behind that said how they did that? Some of those stones were brought in from, a, they, they, you know, people who do stone yes, research. Yes, dating right? or whatever. Uh, those stones come from a specific region of England that was 150 miles away. They think they got them there by constantly rolling them over logs for 150 miles. I took the most- It it defies understanding. And how they got them way up there, they think maybe they used some sort of, you know, pulley contraption or they just- so they were, th- you see what I'm saying? They yeah, were advanced I, enough yeah. to leverage a pulley contraption to get them up there, but yep. not avan- advanced enough to leave any shred of understanding behind of how they so, accomplished something and, so awe-inspiring. And, and one thing that I found fascinating is they still don't technically know what it's for. Is it a clock So or a sundial? Well, some people think, here's the most fascinating picture I ever took of my in my life. Yeah, you need to frame that. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, no filter. No filter on that. It was Hashtag. A, it, was a, it was a white, white cloudy day, and I, I saw this image, and I took it. It's the most beautiful picture I've ever taken. So they, they think, the people who research Stonehenge, think that it is either a place of worship or it is an agricultural calendar. Because there is, still to this day, nothing around it. It is in the middle of nowhere. Stonehenge's builders left no known written records. Yep. Which is why scholars and non-scholars have long speculated about why it was constructed. And if you look around, when you're at Stonehenge, it's on a, it's on a slight hill, okay? Mm-hmm. And there's just beautiful English countryside all, all around, around it. it. All around it. Except the road that goes right next to it, which is jam-packed with people who are driving by and don't want to get out of their car. Jerks. Um, but was it shoulder to shoulder? Like no, 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 no. There was probably when we were there. And this was in ju- late July. I would say at the actual site of Stonehenge, there were probably three to four hundred people. But it's it's huge, and you have to walk, the, uh, or either take the bus or walk down this road. Can you touch it? No, no, not anymore. They, they, they've roped it off, it, but it's not a, 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 a it's not like a fence or anything. It's just like a little rope that goes all the way around it that you're not allowed to cross. Yeah, it's like the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. You, you, you know, don't cross that yeah. rope. You know why they put that rope up? Probably because people were carving their oh, names into it. Oh, please don't tell me people that's were graffitiing ex- it. Exactly why? That's exactly why. And here's the fascinating thing: as you're looking around the English landscape, you see, you can see off in the distance mounds, little mounds. Just everywhere. And by little, I mean probably two to three feet off uh, high. Yeah, right? bigger than a molehill, but yeah, not big. huge. Well, they're, they're, they're large in, in, in their circumference, but they're probably only about two or three feet high. And they dot the landscape. Graves. Oh, of the Stonehenge builder people. Mm-hmm. Wow. So some in, in those mounds are the remains, if, if they still even exist, of people from 5,000 years ago. They do believe it was constructed in several phases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't do that in one night. <laughs> From around 3100 BC to 1600 BC. Yeah, that's incredible. I want to go. It's it's really it's. If anybody has any plans anytime soon to go to England, 
it's it, it, it is an expensive tour. Let me let me caution you about that. It is not. Oh, you have to pay to go. Oh yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, to get the bus and the tour, they take you all the way out. Yeah. Um, now you can rent a car and go drive out there if you want. Plenty of people do, but we didn't have a car, and I'm not driving on the left side of the road. Um, I'd get in a wreck. Uh, but the, the trip can be a little expensive. All right. But it is worth it, and it's a long drive. It's about three and a half hours out because you stop somewhere else too. You stop in Bath, Bath, England. It's not really that worth it. Then you go to Stonehenge. It's worth it. How long were you there? I think we were allowed to stay for an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah, about two hours. I would say we were there for yeah. two hours. And then you're probably ready to go. Yeah, I mean, you you see it. You walk all the way around it. It, it is awe-inspiring. I, 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 it was like, it was almost a religious moment for me. It was. You know what I wonder? If incredible. they did that there, why did no one do that here? Mm-hmm. We don't have anything, do we, that is even remotely similar. I don't know. It's a great there was question. no one on a horse ever that went, man, Look, you should see what they're doing over there. During the break, if, if you want your jaw to drop, uh, the guy who owned... I guess the horse couldn't go across the, the pond. The, 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 the guy who bought... Well, it was a land bridge. The guy who bought Stone uh, Stonehenge, I think it was like 100 years ago or 200 years ago, bought it for pennies on the dollar. Wow. I mean, it was just a ridiculously cheap price that he bought that property. Like, did the previous owner not have a clue what he had there? Like, the largest tourist yeah, trap? Like, been there, seen that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he, sp- he spent the equivalent of $736,000 mm-hmm. in today's money. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of in money back then, though. That's a lot sure. of money oh, back yeah, then. He was clearly rich. Like a railroad guy or an oil guy or something? Cecil Chubb. Cecil Chubb. The old Cecil the old Chubb. Cecil Chubb <laughs> buying up the Stonehenge property. Yeah, boy. 1915. <laughs> 1915. So 100 years ago, yep. See, I paid attention on that tour. That was very interesting. I'm proud of you. 913-586-7798 here on Dane and Park. Uh, we will wrap it up with Peter in Overland Park. Hello, Peter. Hello. Hi, Peter. Hi. So... To follow up on what you said a minute ago, Dana, there are actually similar, like, um, basically structures built by ancient peoples in North America. If you look up uh, mound building civilizations, these are like ancient, ancient Native American uh, groups and stuff that would basically build these huge, like, almost artificial hills effectively that were served as like gathering places and all sorts of stuff I, I see that you have the mayan ruins down in central america but what about up here in north america no these are these are in north america oh, okay. there's ones outside st louis that you can go visit and it's huh. it's like just describing it as a mound it doesn't sound very impressive but it's like like multiple stories like the size of a building cool yeah i'm looking at it right now thank you yeah cool peter thank you for the call man really do appreciate it a bit of a 90th anniversary. Uh, yeah, just saw this on Twitter. <laughs> Did you know today, December 5th, is the day we mark the 90th anniversary of Repeal Day? What were we repealing? <laughs> the day the 21st Amendment was ratified, thus ended prohibition, <laughs> the so-called noble experiment, outlawing the sale and consumption of alcohol that lasted from 1920 to 1933. I'm going to be honest, I did not know it went that long. 
What were the years? 1920 yeah. to 1933. I would not have guessed that it went into the 30s. Well, in Kansas City, it went for never. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it went into the basement called a speakeasy. Yeah. It went below the ringer. <laughs> Every other municipality was celebrating. Kansas City was like, oh, man, we got to sell our stuff for less now. <laughs> Oh, that is funny. No voice. Look at back at some of these old photos of people celebrating repeal day. Now, you got to remember something. Wow. When they passed prohibition, that was not an act of Congress. That was not an executive order from the president of the United States. That was the hardest thing you can do in American politics. It was an amendment. The passage and ratification of an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, oh, the hardest thing to do in politics. I believe you have to get, I can't remember if it's two-thirds two thirds yeah. of the states. Two-thirds of the states have to approve it. Hypocrisy in politics has been alive and well, well but, but, throughout the history of the United States. No because question. you remember, if you had money, wealth, power, any of those things, mm-hmm. you could have alcohol. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't think that a lot of businesses didn't um, get started. Didn't, and I'm not a huge fan, I watch it uh, enough, but... Didn't NASCAR kind of have its roots in in prohibition? That they had to have these cars that. God, I'm dang, I, I look s- it up. I don't know about I, that, I but listen to this while you look that up. Despite the infamous loopholes for prescriptive purposes, prescriptive purposes, which helped ensure veritable lakes of illegal hooch remaining in circulation, prohibition, Scott, was a massive blow to the United States economy even beyond its impact on the alcohol industry. Think about it. Its effects spread to other sectors as well, including agriculture, theater, loss of revenue and concessions, trucking, even businesses like textiles. It was also deadly, killing thousands from drinking tainted spirits and giving rise, of course, to the vicious criminal syndicates that we know about here. Uh, in a way, yes, Scott. Yeah, it was the I'm bootleggers who were had to outrun the police, yep. and so they had to figure out how to make their cars faster <laughs> and more agile. It says here, stock car, ra- stock car racing as a whole traces its roots back to moonshine runners during Prohibition who grew to compete against each other in a show of pride. This would happen notably in North Carolina. Hmm. Hmm. Eastbound and down. Loaded up and trucking. The Tequila Sunrise was the result of Americans' alcohol-fueled tourism between the 1920s and 30s, particularly to Cuba and Mexico, the <laughs> latter where the cocktail was first served at a combination casino and racetrack. The original cocktail was not exactly what we drink today. Uh, the way we drink it today was popularized as part of Mick Jagger's Rolling Stones touring writer in the 1970s. <laughs> I had no idea. 913-586-7798-586-7798 here on Dana and Parks. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. 
Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We are not looking to make this a topic. Uh, Congratulations are in order for a new mom who has given birth to twins via IVF. Congratulations. She gave birth to a boy and a girl on November 29th uh, by cesarean section. Where's the hook? (laughs) It's coming. She is (laughs) 70. (laughs) Oh, now it's a new story. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We weren't telling you about her friends next door. Makes her one of the world's oldest new moms. Maybe she was the lady in the booth last night at the restaurant with her that's husband, it. and that's, they were celebrating I'm, the birth of, of their twins. That is it. She also gave birth to a daughter at the same facility in 2020 when she was in her late 60s. Okay. You, she you, is one of the oldest? Who's the oldest? I don't know, there, Sam. I don't want to look. There was a woman, I think, in India years ago, and by years ago, I mean not that many years ago, probably 10 or 20, uh, I believe she was in her 80s. She was 73 in Hyderabad, India. Okay. Just consider this. No judgment here. I'm just consider this. Uh, Before she welcomed her first child three years ago, she said she had been labeled in her rural community, quote, a cursed woman for never getting pregnant. What country was this in? Um, Certainly wasn't the United States. Yeah, I don't think you could facilitate. I mean, if I'm wrong. Well, I don't think we would call a 70-year-old woman. This is Uganda. Okay. I don't think we would call a 70-year-old woman without kids cursed either. No, we would not. But I'm just saying, would a fertility clinic in the United States take on the risk associated with a a 70-year-old giving birth? Now, granted, there's some obvious health potential complications for her. Yeah, death, Scott. I know. But, but, well, the same thing. Before they're in kindergarten. Well, I understand. But- how many times have we said you know, on this show or in years past, uh, Larry, uh, right. broadcaster Larry King. Is that his uh, ninth child? It, you, you are absolutely right. Mick, we would would Mick we even Jagger, be talking about Rob, this if this was Robert a man? De Niro just had a child. You're right. And claimed he didn't know that that was possible, by the way. Uh, FYI. It is. Where was this again? Uganda. Uganda. The life expectancy in Uganda. Sco- Sam, I don't know. I don't it know. It ain't 70. No. <laughs> Stop. Not even close. It's it's in the 50s, isn't it? No, it's higher than that. She somehow carried those. This was not a surrogate. She carried those twins. They were born prematurely at 31 weeks, but that's not extremely unusual for twins. She carried those twins to 31 weeks. Maybe she has a very young, strapping 
quarter that will be happy to take care of these young children long after she is gone. 62.8 years is a life expectancy. That's, I'm not even mad. I'm kind of impressed. I'm impressed. You'd have to institutionalize me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, but let's be honest. There, there is a bit of a double standard, even though I, I think it's irresponsible. I, I really do. When people like Robert De Niro and Mick Jagger and, and Larry King uh, father children, it, it, as long as if they're doing it willingly, all right? Maybe it was an accident. Oops. Um, but if they're willingly fathering children, they know that they will never see grow to adulthood. How old is De Niro again? 70s. I don't know. Sam, you're faster with the typing. I do remember I had, he, when I first he, saw that story he, thinking, wow, that is his, up there. He and his girlfriend, I think it's a girlfriend. We're starting over. Which is fine. Um, he was born in 1943. That makes him 80. He's 80 years old. So, I mean, this kid's going to be five when dad dies. Wow. I, I just think it's an incredible burden to put on the child. Yeah, it's yeah. Now, now, it granted, would not be for me. Now, granted, Crimey River Scott, he's Robert De Niro. The kid's going to be taken care of for the rest of his life. That is true. Accurate. But the kid's also going to grow up not knowing his own father. Yeah, he, people are also going to say to him, did you know that your dad was one of the greatest actors of all time? And he's going to say, who? Dana just had a great off-air joke. <laughs> she was playing the role of Robert De Niro, talking to his new kid. Hey, look, we're both in diapers. Wow. <laughs> I'm wearing Oops, I Crap My Pants. Okay. And I just did. It holds a lot of dung. <laughs> Imagine this picture is a bowl of your feces. <laughs> It's almost time for a replay on that one, but no. No, not yet. Not um, yet. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the story in the star that we were talking. We'll do that one tomorrow. We'll, I think so. We, we can tease it tonight, okay. bounce for a little bit, and then I do want to bring it back tomorrow because I don't necessarily see anything wrong with it at all. I'll just, I'll just read the, the opening sentence from the Kansas City Stars story that just cleared. Yeah. But we don't have enough time in the show tonight to, to really get into this. A Kansas City police captain. This is from the star. A Kansas City police captain, who is also the husband of police chief Stacy Graves, appeared to be working as private security for Taylor Swift when the Kansas City Chiefs played the Green Bay Packers in Wisconsin on Sunday. Yeah. He's Ca in plain clothes, following behind... Wearing a Chiefs hat. Taylor and Brittany Mahomes. Capt captain Daniel Graves was seen in photographs and videos accompanying Swift as the megastar walked into Lambeau Field with Brittany Mahomes and Lindsey Bell, who is married to Chiefs tight end Blake Bell. I, I don't understand what the issue is. You could hire Kansas City, Missouri police officer off-duty to follow you around. I think they just have to be within the city limits. Yeah. I think they're not that, supposed that, to cross into other well, counties. That's the problem. He was in Wisconsin. Well, but I mean locally. A portion of the policy says that members may be employed within city limits by private security companies, but they are forbidden to obtain private officer commissions or act as private security personnel. That sounds like... They, they act as private security for dignitaries all the time. In Kansas City. <sighs> Quite possibly in uniform. Yeah. I don't see anything wrong with it at all. Well. As long as you're not double dipping, which we have seen in other communities, gotten people in trouble in other communities. Sure. I don't see anything. And there is no suggestion that's what was happening here. No, but I, I think where some people may be raising an eyebrow on this one, 
it's twofold. And I think the first thing I'm about to say doesn't hold water with me at all. Uh, the fact that he's uh, a captain who also happens to be married to the chief of police. I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me. No, if, nobody should care about no, that. If Captain Graves is, is working security at a grocery store in Kansas City on a Saturday night, that, that's his business. He, he doesn't answer directly to her. Well, I might, imagine he might. He's a captain. No, she's we, the chief. We, 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 this has already been adjudicated back when she was named chief. I don't see any problem with any of this. Well, the, the policy seems to read against it. That's all I'm saying. I, I don't ca- I don't care. I don't have a I don't have a dog in the fight. Bakina said that Captain Graves was not on duty or working in a law enforcement police capacity or authority at the time and was not performing any KCPD function. He's just hanging out with T Swift because well, they're pals. No, I think he's I think he's being compensated. <laughs> I don't think I'm buying that one. No, wait, he wasn't. Are you sure? Wait, he wasn't compensated. Did you say that? He says, according to Sergeant Jake Bakina, Captain Graves was not on duty or working in a law enforcement slash police capacity or authority at that time, comma, he was not performing any KCPD function. Wait, wait. <laughs> Bikina is trying to say that he was not working. Okay, wait a minute. The video sure looks like he's working. No, oh, hang on. maybe they're friends. Oh, yeah, he's pointing Taylor Swift around. You don't know who Taylor hangs out with well, when well, she's well, in Wisconsin. Well, I, I, don't, I don't see anything in this statement from Sergeant Bikina that he wasn't paid. It doesn't say it doesn't mention pay here. It just it says, just says in was a not on to the duty star, or working in a law enforcement capacity or authority at the time. That doesn't say he wasn't paid. Well, then pray tell what capacity would he be strolling with Taylor Swift under if it's not a it, law enforcement capacity It would be paid private security. Which would violate policy, according well, to the Well, wait a minute. You're splitting a hair here. Is paid private security law enforcement capacity? No. A bodyguard is not law enforcement. I mean, we're really splitting I, a I hair there. We, I don't think we are. Oh, it, come no. on. When you call Clarence Kelly, follow me here. And let's say I am super famous. I am Aaron Rodgers. And I am in town, and I call Clarence Kelly and Associates, and I say, there are a lot of people out there that don't like me. I'm coming into town. I would like your biggest, best security officer. Bodyguard. Bodyguard to follow me around Arrowhead. Okay. Do you honestly think Clarence Kelly is sending Paul Blart? No, but I don't think that the person he sends is a law enforcer, cannot arrest me. Oh. He can protect Aaron Rodgers, but he can't arrest me. You think they're not armed for one half of one second? Police are not the only people in America who are armed and allowed to be armed. But a security guard at a bank is not a cop. He can protect the bank, but he can't arrest. Okay, here's a better example. Take Aaron Rodgers and Taylor Swift out of it. When any mayor, this is not even about Quentin, when any mayor travels and they travel a lot, Mm -hmm. They have security with them. Those are police details. Those are sworn police officers who are on the clock. They they dress in civilian clothing. Okay, then but they ex- are officers wait, of the law. Explain to me the difference. I'm trying I, to. And I don't care. I think he has every right to go guarding Taylor Swift or whomever he wants, as long as he's not working for Kansas City at the same time. I, I, I don't know what Sar- or check that Captain Graves was doing. In Wisconsin, he was clearly providing some sort of security for Taylor Swift. 
in what capacity, I don't know. I'll have to take Sergeant Bikina at his word. What I'm saying is he was obviously, or they're going to tell us he was obviously not acting and he wouldn't have any authority to act as a Kansas City, Missouri police officer while he was in Green Bay. What I'm saying is he was off duty. My guess is he was off duty. That is accurate. Was hired by Taylor Swift to provide private bodyguard security services. Outside of the umbrella of the Kansas City Police Department. That's exactly right. Then how do you know where to find them? How do you know where to find whom? I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I want a police officer with me, but we're not going to call him a police officer. How do I find those people? It ain't Clarence Kelly. No. Again, this is me spitballing. This this is where the splitting of the hairs comes in. And I'm not even saying, like, again, I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't care. Well, he may have based on the policy, but I don't know. I will guard her for free if I'm allowed to sing Cardigan the entire time I'm with her. Okay. Nobody, can you imagine if your husband was a high-ranking police officer, mm-hmm. okay, and he comes home to one night and he says, hey, babe, uh, listen, I'm not going to be here tomorrow night. I'm heading up to Wisconsin. I'm going to hang out with Taylor Swift and protect her for free. You would lose your mind. So under whose umbrella is the detail he, is he, all I'm asking. He, he, oh, I see. He may have maybe made his own LLC, you know, uh, Grave Security Services. I, I believe it's called... I protect Taylor.com. Well, according to and policy, I would that like would be to illegal. be a sworn member of that organization. Because I will shake you off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Pew, pew. You are crazy. Nine went well for a topic. We weren't going to make a topic. We just made it a topic. <laughs> I can argue with you about anything. I know. Anytime. I don't even know whose side I'm on on this. I'm on my own side. We, we've done that for 12 years, Dana. Very successfully. <laughs> 913-586-7798-586-7798. Don't forget to check out the Dana Parks podcast when you get a minute. If you would be so kind, we put every hour up on the podcast. It is available anytime you want, anywhere you go. Just go to KMBZ.com. Well, well, well. Somebody got themselves in a bit of trouble down in Georgia. A woman, I don't even know why I even have to say that. Why did you say that? A woman embezzled. Oh, well, yeah. $3.5 million from a Georgia company and spent it on her daughter's resort wedding and season sports tickets, according to federal officials. She's now pleaded guilty. So funny they were going to have the wedding at the Elks Lodge, and now they're at the Four Seasons. <laughs> she's, and our town has no money. She's now pleaded guilty <laughs> to a wire fraud charge. Why is it always wire fraud? You know, we're going to put her away for three months, and that sweet Margaret, um, she's going to have to pay the money back. The 59-year-old Sewanee, Georgia woman was an office manager and executive assistant at a yard care company based in Alpharetta. From 2015 to 2020, she used company credit cards for purchases to fund her lavish lifestyle. Do businesses have insurance protection against that the way cities do? Oh, loss prevention? Yeah. I bet you not. She probably put that business under. I would be shocked if if that's not part of their insurance policy, some sort of loss. I mean, big companies like Walmart and Target have loss prevention. I mean, that's that's how they're allowed to watch you walk out the store with a thousand dollars worth of stuff because they're just going to claim it on their insurance well, i think that's theft loss prevention when the books say one thing and the numbers say something else that's a whole different story when you're, when you're taking money that ain't yours that's theft yeah
Well, I guess that's fair. They never, ever get anything more than a slap on the wrist either. I'm trying to see. Uh, <laughs> one of the major expenses included $43,400. $43,000 toward her daughter's wedding at Barnsley Resort, which she then passed off as a legitimate business <laughs> expense. Okay. Was nobody paying attention to the business? <laughs> if you had said $30 at a time, I'd be like, okay. All right, there's a there's a related story from December 1st. I haven't opened it up yet. Employees stole $3 million, forcing layoffs and bonus cuts at Texas Company. All right, listen to this. Jeez. I'm fascinated by this. During the last several years, this woman's team of advanced psychology students and residents did a psychological evaluation of 28 women charged with embezzlement, 10 facing federal charges, 8 in state court. The amounts of money stolen... From their employers, whether that's a city or a business, range from a low of $3,000 to a high of $750,000. Consistent with other data, the majority of the women engaged in embezzlement over a period of several years, and none of them had co-defendants. None of them. Mm. We've just begun to analyze the data, but a number of patterns appear to stand out. Unlike other female criminal defendants, almost none of these women have previous criminal charges— and none of the women had drug or alcohol problems or major mental illness in the psychotic spectrum. She's got sticky fingers. Money sticks to it. Gambling ain't going to pay for herself. Uh, KU is going to put Thomas Robinson's jersey up in the rafters on Saturday when yeah. they play Mizzou. That'll be nice. And yeah. then what, UMKC Hilarious. tonight? Uh, UMKC yeah. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to run. On behalf of our producer today, finest man in these United States, the great Sam Stevie III, my good friend and co-host Dana Wright. My name is Scott Parks, and God willing, we're back tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Have a great night. Be safe, be well, and be good. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.